So, so hey, it's uh, Bill Goodgen. I'm the founder of PNW Peak Baggers, and we're starting a new thing here. I, I don't know what we're going to call it. Maybe we'll call it Member Spotlight, or we'll come up with something creative for that in the future. Um, but I'm starting off with uh, Ed Kinney. Ed's uh, been a moderator and very helpful in the group for the last couple of years and a very experienced climber and has a pretty impressive resume in the mountains. So we're just going to have a conversation. Ed and I are going to talk. I'm going to ask him some questions. He's going to lie to me and I'm going to call him out on it when he does because <laughs> he's going to make his tail stretch a little larger than they are, as we all tend to, right, Ed? um so let's uh ed where'd you grow up you grew you grew up in colorado right um is that yeah, where you I grew up, born and raised i grew up in a little little suburb of uh denver north yeah what what was what's the name of that suburb uh Fortin, colorado okay and so how did you get into climbing how did that start so normally people start hiking well, and that progressed yeah. to climbing. I, I didn't start hiking i started by fishing and uh, uh, one day the fishing was really bad. So my <laughs> friend that was fishing with me, we decided to climb the mountain behind it. Is that and really it a thing where the fishing is bad? I thought that most of the time you go out and you sit around and drink beer and have, have conversation. And if you catch fish, then you're lucky. <laughs> well, it was the only time we hadn't caught a fish there. It was really dependable. And uh, we'd always looked at this really pretty ice formation behind the lake. We call it the Ice Angel. And what, and what, was the name, what was the name of that Mount, lake? Mount Lincoln. It was Montgomery Lake. Okay. And Mount Lincoln, it turns out, has a really great ice climb on it. Of course, we didn't have crampons or ice axe, so we just used shards of flint. And I, I would say it was low fifth class. Um, and so we climbed to the top, and we didn't know anything. Uh, we didn't have a rope. Uh, we got sunburned. We got sick <laughs> from altitude. But it was a blast. And... Uh, well, you, so ju I just, you jumped right in with both feet then, didn't you? Yeah. You know, yeah. had no idea what you were doing, and you're already climbing low fifth class. That's great. Yeah, without any equipment. Without so any we got equipment. up there, and we really liked it. We were both in sports and school, but this is way more fun. And uh, so we uh, somehow got down. I can't even remember. And we immediately planned to take on a harder uh, route. So we started climbing all the fifth class uh peaks uh, 13,000 to 14,000 in Colorado my favorite was Crestone Needle and uh there's a great route on it and um these guys from Texas had been uh hunting bighorn sheep illegally and one of their uh party climbed uh, over a big rock of granite and it fell right on him broke his leg oh, wow. so we hiked out to help and the guys are out of shape so we had to carry all their um, guns and ammo, about 100-pound packs for both of us. Oh, so we wow. took them over the range. We took them down, and they never thanked us. They never uh, sent any message. I probably, The guy probably died up there. looked to me like he'd broken his femur. Wow. And That's scary. It was quite, quite an experience. So then we got back to our uh, Toyota, and um, it wouldn't run. Oh, great. So we had to walk uh, 60 miles to the town of Pueblo, southern Wait, Colorado. Did you say six, zero, 60? Yeah, 60 miles, round trip. And all we had, we drank the water out of our cooler. And then we drank out of a few irrigation ditches. And it didn't hurt me, but my friend got deathly ill. 
And we finally got it all taken care of. And then we climbed our next peak after that. So, so I was going to ask you later on about some of your most memorable climbs. So you started right off with one that sounds like a pretty, well, pretty crazy event. So, um, yeah, it's, it's how, a five, how, it's how a, old were you? 16, 16. Yeah. It's a five, seven descent. Um, so I kept repelling, kept repelling. And then my, my, uh, partner was sick. So at the last repel, I didn't think it was my, that uh, altitude sick. I don't know. Exposure. I okay. mean, it's been a big, big day. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I tried to set the rappel, but I couldn't see the bottom and my rope was only 120 feet long. So I just uh, tagged him into the rock and he was falling asleep and I was tying him into every crack I could find. And it turned out it was the best meteor uh, Leonid's, no, Leonid's uh, Perseids ever. So thousands of points of light. It was just a really quite an experience for me. So I got him down safely uh, the next day. And that, that was my beginning mountain climb. Wow. So we climbed every one of the 14ers over fifth class. Um, you know, we wouldn't climb the easiest route. Uh, my feeling was climb the hard route. Yeah. And he so was, how, we really, how old were you when you completed climbing all the 14ers? I do all of them. I didn't like boring ones, just like in Washington. Oh, the okay. Bolger list has no interest for me because there's so many crappy mountains on it. <laughs> I like all the really, I like all the really great mountains, like, you know, Easy Mocks. Yeah. Um, El Dorado, Forbidden. Yeah. Stay away, stay away from all the Choss piles just because they're on the list. Well, later with the same climber, we were in Colorado. We we're climbing a peak called Killer Peak, and I didn't see why, but also a thunderstorm came in, and we were on the other side, so we never heard it. So we crawled into a cave. I roped him in, and he uh, we had lightning bolts going across the cave, and he thought he was going to die, so he he just jumped out. Of course, he didn't have an ice axe, so he hit on a little glacier, and he just went out of sight. And stupidly, I threw his pack down to him. Of course, it didn't arrive anywhere near him. But I got down to find him, and he was out of breath, but he hadn't broken any limbs. So I left our sleeping bags there. My dad really lectured me when I got home because he had just bought these nice new sleeping bags for us. <laughs> but we got him home. You know. wow. So we had some real adventures because uh, we didn't take – well, actually, my, my uh, partner did take um, a uh, mountaineering course when he got into Colorado, uh, University of Colorado. I never did. Just all, yeah, I was know. just I was going to ask you if you had any mentors or any like formal training. It's, it sounds like you were learning it all as you went went along, huh? Yeah, there's a, a really good guy who wrote the guide to the 14ers, Robert Orms, and I, I went on a couple of climbs with him, but he wasn't really very good, so he wasn't really a mentor. Uh, that's interesting. I, I have that guide to the 14ers literally laying over on the top of my uh. Um, bookshelf over there i was, I was yeah. looking at it earlier as i was thinking about talking to you well the best climber in colorado was mike layton and um uh there was one other guy that was pretty good but they were way out of my league <laughs> so i think my first real challenge was uh i went to the alps it was typical in that time to really get yourself going by spending a whole season and we went on the worst uh, october ever in the alps it snowed almost every day and this Japanese team, uh, they were building up pallets. They're still building pallets from the neighboring camps. And they got higher and higher. So we just did the same thing. And then uh, since we weren't climbing anything as hard as they were, uh, we'd always make tea for them, which they really liked. And in return, and we'd start their fire for them. In return, they just gave us everything. It was a pretty rich group. 
But I was there with Tobin Sorensen, who at that time was probably the best climber in California. And uh, they didn't come back. the name, yeah. He was maybe the best climber I've ever. I've climbed with Fred Becky and Tobin Sorensen was way better. Um, so anyway, um, they didn't come back. So uh, we went on a petite drew where they were totally encased in ice. And Tobin was climbing about 4'11". And my, I'd only timed up to about 5'7". So I went as far as I could. I said, Tobin, I can't do it anymore. He goes, I don't think I can do it anymore. So we had to send. So in France at that time, uh, there what, was what, no were you, what, what route were you climbing? The Petit Drew, the John Harlan route. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I missed that. Yeah. No, probably it's the hardest route on the Petit Drew. It was right over our camp. It's uh, Mont Blanc was on the right side of our camp and yeah. Petit Drew on the left. But um, so Tobin and I gave up and there's no rescue service, at least at that time in France. What happens is you have to belong to a French Alpine club. So all 11 of them died. It was exactly like that uh, incident in the 80s in Mount Rainier. 11 climbers just perished. But instead of uh, dying from frostbite, uh, I mean, uh, instead of dying from an avalanche like they did in Mount Rainier, uh, they died from uh, frostbite. Wow. So that was my first uh, time seeing people die. What, 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 year, we last. what year was this? 1977. Wow. So when you were, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that was very tragic and impressionable on your climbing for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. When but it really showed me a lot, you know, a lot of times a really bad experience, you learn so much from it. more than you learn when everything goes well, for sure. Yeah. So um, when you were starting out in your climbing uh, journey and career, I guess, as you would call it, uh, you know, it was a lot different then. You, you didn't have all oh. of the resources that we have today, like PW right. Baggers, where you can just post and ask for some beta. Or <laughs> there is nothing. Go to peakbagger.com. Yeah. So you were doing this all with word of mouth and the, the topo yeah, we didn't maps. Have and... not, we didn't have nylon ropes. We had jute and hemp. <laughs> and, and when you fell on those things, oh man, what a shake it was to your ribs. Plus, we, uh, we didn't have modern uh, rappelling equipment. So we just did it the military style right through your gonads. Yep. And man, it really hurt when it came down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember that my first repelling experiences were all that same way as well. <laughs> you know, yeah. very uncomfortable, very risky. Um, yeah. but I didn't know any know any different. So I, you know, yeah. in some ways I look at the double triple backup that you know takes place yeah. now, and I kind of I'm like, well, it, it's the right thing to do. It's absolutely the right thing to do, but there was a time when nobody was doing anything close to that. Yeah. Well, we met uh, Royal Robbins uh, when we went to California. And oh, wow. he he was the one who said no pitons, period, nothing. And he didn't use chalk either. And so we learned how to use little nuts. So uh, they were really valuable. Yeah. So he, at, at that time, he was sir, sort of the... Um, the the purest of all climbers right i mean he was the guy who exactly yeah yeah, yeah. well he climbed a mountain uh, well it's the old man of hoy and he climbed with tom Patey in england and tom Patey got up and he says i'm see how i'm really good camera. he was covered with blood it's oh. really steep and um Roy robbins his hands up huh, no blood <laughs> so that was the time when yvonne Chouinard and Roy robbins were really changing the ethics of climbing yeah, for sure. So I never, I never climbed except with fixed peat tons, like on Challenger it has two really convenient ones. 
it, it would be fifth class to get to the top on Challenger if it weren't for two really nicely placed. Wow. So you you mentioned uh, uh, Fred Becky. What what did and you climbed with Fred? What what did you climb? Uh, well, it's kind of funny. Um, he was the uh, friends with the head of uh, the guy that ran Northwest Kidney Center, and I was working at Northwest Kidney Center. And so every weekend he'd come out and he wanted, uh, I can't remember what he called us. He wanted people that could climb 2,000 feet up a glacier in an hour. And there were only two of us there that could. And so we got a lot of work. So when he wanted to do a new climb, we would basically climb all the ice and he would climb the rock on top. So, and I met him in Colorado um, a couple of times. He was, you know, he was definitely the ultimate peak beggar. <laughs> yeah, uh, no doubt. He might have the most first ascents of anybody in America. I'm yeah. guessing. I think you're right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the first winter ascents. So like one year, if 76, Monte Cristo was his favorite place for some rock climbs. And uh, he was putting all these things, first winter climb at this peak, that peak, because 1976, North Cascades Highway never closed. It was so dry. It was just great for ice climbing. And uh, so I, I see these peaks I climbed in winter, and, and he was taking credit for it <laughs> because he had ideal conditions. You know? So really, he was really a rock climber. He wanted to do that more than anything. Yeah. And one, uh, one uh, climb, Yvonne Chenard showed up, and he never uh, glissaded. So Fred told him how to glissade and Fred had big handwag boots, I think, or maybe they were Glibier super guides. They were really massive. And he would just uh, glissade like uh, skiing. <laughs> and so you aren't sure had ever done that. And he learned. That's great. So what, yeah. what was your impressions of Fred, uh, you know, just conversing with him and hanging out with him? What kind of guy was he? I mean, he, he was uh, a woman. We, well, yeah, we've heard those stories. Um, well, he was in love with this uh, uh, girl. Her name was Vasiliki. So now up by, up by uh, Burgundy Spire, there's a Vasiliki Ridge. But she was also coordinating uh, Supreme Court uh, William Douglas. William O. Douglas, who the whole area was named after later, east of the crest. And she was talking to Fred, and, she, and you know, he couldn't offer her anything because he was the ultimate live in your backseat of your car. You know? Yeah, he was William the dirt, dirt bag climber. That's the, the, that was yeah. the name I was looking for, yeah. yeah. But William Douglas was uh, well off, and so she chose William Douglas. So Tim Egan yeah. has a whole story about that. It's really great. So um, as you, and now you look back on years and years of climbing, like who's been the most influential person on, um, and, and maybe it's a mentor or just somebody that you really fascinated by and have followed, well, we think uh, have a lot that. of respect for. Uh, my son and I, who was also a climber, we loved Uli Steck. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was a great climber until he died. Um, but for Uli was in a big problem with the uh, Sherpas. Um, yeah, the anniversary uh, the, of his death was just uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. So we'd seen him twice, and uh, he really taught my son a lot, uh, really great. Uh, but he had problems with Sherpas because he wanted to climb alone instead of hiring a Sherpa. And there was just, the Sherpa unit was just uh, developing. So... Uh, we learned a lot about the politics of climbing, which has kind of haunted me all the way. What we could or couldn't do, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, I just had a stroke uh, two days ago, and the doctor asked me about my activities, and um, he told me he said you should never climb more than five thousand feet in a day. 
Well, I had just gotten back from a trip to South America. We climbed 18,000 feet in a day. And <laughs> I, I worked, I worked with all the people there that uh, were the legitimate climbing guides and none of them would take me because I, you know, I was over 65 years old and supposedly that's supposed to give you hindrance. But I found a local guy who was running a winery and he says, Oh man, I just got back from rescuing Aconcagua. And I, for the first time I did 10,000 feet in a day. He says, do you think you can come up with me? I go, well, let's see what happens. So we went, instead of climbing two days, we went one day, uh, 18,000 feet to the top of volcano. And then we looked over the side and the guy saw a beautiful route and probably never been climbed. He says, well, can we like go down that route? I go, what about that river? He goes, well, I've got enough rope to buy us. And so we went and crossed the river with chest high and we got out before midnight, which is amazing to me. Wow. But that was the first time I'd ever done 18,000 feet in a single day. That's a massive day. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you love most about being out in the mountains and climbing? What, what, what is it for you? Independence. Yeah. Uh, like I, I took thousands of students up the mountains in Washington state and a long time, long time teacher. Yeah. We uh, climbed Rainier the first time I took the youngest climbers that ever climbed the Couts Glacier. Uh, teenagers had never been, it was Bet, Fred Becky's uh, favorite route on the mountain. And uh, so I took a 14 and 15 year old and we came down. We didn't know, you know, that we were doing something really special. And the, the day that, uh, uh, what was, um, I can't remember the day, it was early 80s, but 11 uh, people died on Mount Rainier. And I had a whole bunch of teachers. We're going to have a whole you know, uh, school climb. Well, of course, everybody <laughs> said that wasn't a good idea. So one of the teachers said, well, uh, I'm in special forces and I'd like to climb something, something, something really hard. Uh, in the army, we're just not climbing stuff. It's difficult. So we went up Liberty Ridge. So we went up Liberty Ridge, which is, an, it's not a safe climb anymore, but it used to be a really beautiful climb. And we went down the other side. We'd never been up either side. So it was pretty fun. Wow. Wow. It, it but, used to be a great climb, but now where you have to camp, it's not safe anymore. It's right. crumbly rock. Right. And then there's so many people have died. It's, it was only class three when we up, I guess they've updated to class four now because of the uh, rotten rock. The glaciers totally changed. Yeah. So uh, there's a Sherpa that works up at the, um, the restaurant. Uh, I can't remember the name of the restaurant right below Mount Rainier. Oh, the right. Uh, Huckleberry or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And they have, you know, yak and have wonderful food. And he said uh, of all the mountains he's climbed, uh, Liberty Ridge on the side is the most dangerous right now. Oh, that's so a- he. Yeah, he I mean, used to you don't, matter. there's not a lot of cli- climbs uh, or ascents on there anymore. You just don't hear. In fact, the la- last time I heard about a climb on Liberty Ridge was, you know, the, uh, was tra- tragic. Um, it was. Well, the last time yeah. we tried to climb it after the glacier changed, we had to go on Willis Wall to, to climb Liberty Ridge. You know, Liberty, Willis Wall is a mess. It's just loose rock and case and ice. It's definitely a dangerous climb. Yeah. So, um, Ed, is there um, something you take with you on every climb you do? Something that's special or something that you always I, I make sure I've got to have this? Um, you know, I think there's different things for different people. I, I have some, um, you know, bracelets that remind me I have one for each daughter and one for or my wife that kind of reminds nice. me of something. No, I just make sure I have uh, something that'll clean the water. <laughs> yeah. There because you go. Uh, uh, Fred Becky's uh, best friend died, um, you know, from Giardia. Giardia. Cascades. 
And in the North Cascades, I have not seen a single ranger that is equipped with uh, any pills for Giardia, any any way of stopping it, except this one of the new rangers from Arizona, which has terrible problems with Giardia. She carries some. So I always have anti-Giardia. Yeah, got it. Okay. So and there's there's for the for the best the, the I can't remember the name of it, but it's um, oh Aquamura for the Pacific Crest. Everybody carries that. Yeah, uh, everybody I've seen. So I carry yeah, that. I I keep a, a Steri pen in my pack yes. all the time, just as a backup. Um, and yeah. I, usually I also have a filter that I'll run on a, a bottle with me all the time. I'm, yeah, not, I'm pretty uh, paranoid about it. I know some people don't, they're not worried about it and have never had any issues and think it's overkill. I, I know a couple of friends um, and also from being in the military where I had a couple of buddies get Giardia and it's you ugly. Know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not the thing I want to get. No. Yeah. Yeah. Pen, um Camelback has a, uh, a system now and it works well in like Indonesia, really tropical places where uh, you put it in, it does UV filtration, like rich people's uh, swimming pools, yeah. way better than uh, iodine or, you know, chlorine. Yeah. It'll take out Campylobacter and all kinds of things you need, uh, you know, really, really sophisticated stuff. So I love that. RI doesn't sell um, uh, uh, can, um, that, that particular one because they support the Second Amendment and they're members of the National Rifle Association, so RIS cut ties with them. So I had had to order my last one online. Oh, that's interesting. Didn't didn't realize that. What? So, um, how many peaks do you have? How many peaks? Have a little you- over, a little over three thousand. Three thousand. Yeah. Well, I've been climbing a long time. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm seventy two now. I started when I was sixteen, and yeah. some years uh, I climb every weekend. So, wow. That's amazing. Now, the, yeah, five so, separate continents. Sorry, five separate continents. Yeah. What um, What would you say? Um, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of stories there in the beginning, but just memorable, like the perfect climb. Everything went well. You loved it, and you know, just stands out. And I mean, three thousand peaks. It's a lot to you know, say. You pr- probably can't say my something's my favorite but maybe your most memorable most enjoyable well uh there's i uh, i can't remember exactly the name but there's a really high peak uh in indonesia on the island of ba- bali and it just exploded before we went there and my son was just started running with some rough people and getting into drugs so there's a really nice hindu monument on the top so my wife went there and we're not religious but we just prayed the heck you know that he'd change his ways, which he did. So that's really a memorable um, climb for me. And also the springs from that, that mountain, they go down and where they hit the water, the mixture of salt and um, uh, fresh water, it has the best nursery for baby fish I've ever seen. Oh, that's cool. So we climbed the peak and then, you know, I scuba dive the next day on it. Yeah. How, how, how much time did you spend there in Indonesia? I've been uh, there 11 times. Oh, okay. So you've been yeah. there quite a bit. Yeah. It has the best scuba diving in the world by far. There is oh, that's right. Cause you're a bit, you're a big diver too. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on hundred dives and 400 have been in Indonesia. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So uh, we're kind of uh, starting to run out of time here. Uh, yeah. 
so you've been part of PNW Peak Baggers for a while. Um, you're also a moderator, and I think that role um, doesn't get enough attention as it deserves. Um, yeah. And I appreciate all of the the work that you've done in that role and just uh, appreciate the help that you've given me a lot um, and advice yeah. and how to handle and deal with situations. What well, what do you like most about the group? What What do you enjoy about PNW? Uh, the members, you know, our members have such uh, incredible um, uh, histories. Uh, for example, like um, when I first changed from watching hikers and climbers, I had experience with these things called bots. I noticed that uh, our group was just starting to get overrun for them. I mean, I get little things that people want to join our group from pretty bot or sexy bot. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, those are always interesting ones. Huh? Yeah, so I, I managed to get rid of all of them. I don't think we have those anymore. At least I haven't seen one. And we have a real nice um, kind of slow rate of getting new members. Yeah. So yeah, all of a sudden I'll see, I'll see a new member like Lynn Hill or Pretty Right. <laughs> right. wow you know those are, and Catherine Desteville those are my <laughs> idols you know yeah I don't know uh Lynn Hill was one of the best rock climbers I ever saw yeah it's always Catherine, funny when you get those yeah Catherine Desteville was you know um amazing in France uh I think she won several competitions against some of the best climbers in France so uh I'm pretty and pretty right you know, she's really young she's just uh, finishing her graduate work and she's climbing all the peaks on K2, you know, yeah. K1, K6. You know, there's so many mountains in the world that still haven't been climbed yet. Uh, there's at least four in our state. And uh, unfortunately, I had a stroke earlier in the summer. And my son, for my birthday, uh, he wanted to climb those peaks. He's friends with John Roper. And John takes, you know, real good care yeah. of all the peaks. I thought, unclimbed? Watch that. He says, yeah. And three of them are on Mount Prophet. Mount Prophet is so hard to get to. It only has like one party visits a year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's only got one glacier. And John Roper was the first one to climb that. And uh, it used to have wonderful fishing, but apparently the North Cascades has um, poisoned the lakes up there because they don't want uh, fish like rainbow trout or uh, any other thing coming down because they really manage that sockeye run on Mount Baker, which I think it's a record run this year. It might have been the best since 1950. Uh, so the idea of climbing that peak that remote was really interesting, but I unfortunately had a stroke right before it, so I couldn't go. Yeah. So do you um do you have plans for getting out on some easier hikes and and climbs? Well, I, what, what's that was, look like for you right now? My next plan was K two, and um, <laughs> okay. I have really wonderful partners, but my doctor said no. It's probably what gave you your aneurysms. Uh, so I I got to wait for a while. Yeah. So and right now, my doctor doesn't want me to walk alone, climb alone. He doesn't want me to do anything alone unless somebody else is there. Yeah. So I've had to kind of dim my expectations. Well, hopefully uh, you and I can get back out there again together sometime. I'm, I'm obviously also in recovery right now. So I'm, I'm right. taking it pretty easy myself. Um, just got a couple of hikes in last week and plan on going hiking tomorrow. Nothing too serious, but something. Yeah. To, it's raining cats and dogs. You're right now, so. Yeah, it's, a, it's pretty ugly today, but uh, tomorrow is supposed to be nice. So one last question, well, two I have for you is, so um, we we talk about this a little, a little bit and joke about this um, because of the work that you do to support the group. You're kind of living off the grid um, a bit. Yeah. 
So describe where you're living and what that looks like for you. So I live uh, right between Mount Rainier and Mount Olympia. I said, excuse me, Mount Rainier and the uh, <laughs> capital of the Olympia. And uh, I've never been able to communicate. Like I wouldn't be able to do this normally, but I've just gone with Starlink system. That's solved everything. It's just exactly the same cost as my regular system, but I can talk to anybody in the world right now, you know. Yeah. Do a, I can do a Zoom. My wife can be uh, watching her favorite shows and there's no interruption. Yeah. That's so I, I don't really like Elon Musk that much. He's kind of a megalomaniac, uh, but I love his system. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you um, you do, you grow a lot of your, you know, uh, own vegetables. All of our, and, we grow all yeah. of our own food, all of our yeah. vegetables and um, uh, fruit. And this year we used to can, but now, uh, we're drying things. So like the first time we went to climb Mount Challenger, uh, we weren't, didn't, we weren't even aware of an ultralight, uh, movement, but both our packs were under 25 for 11 days because we used to dry everything. So we loved lentil soup and there used to be a, uh, recipe called monastery lentil soup. And so we just dry that all out and, you know, live off it. Of course we love to fish. So, uh, uh, little and big beaver used to be tremendous fishing. I had a really nice, uh, fly pole and it busted the first fish, Dolly Varden, you know, over 12 pounds. Oh, wow. Dolly Varden. They don't have any, uh, defenses that they're not, they're just going to bite your, you know, they're easy to catch. Now they're endangered. But so with fishing and, uh, I'm also uh, a professor of ethnobotany. So I just eat everything. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So we've always gotten super light and that's one thing I really like now. Yeah, that's great. So Ed, um, obviously you're on Facebook because you moderate and spend some time in the group uh, posting yeah. and commenting. Is that where people can kind of keep up with what you're up to? They, they fo just follow you on Facebook or are you, yeah, you anywhere else? I don't think you're on any other no. social media, right? You're not on Reddit or anything like that. No, I, I couldn't because we never had, the, we can't even use it. Like I hear a phone ringing. That's, that's a first. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Yeah, I'm in the new world now. <laughs> yeah, so Facebook's it. If if people want to keep up with you, uh, send send you a Facebook request. I know you have a ton of followers. You got something like four thousand followers. So do I really? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I I taught thousands of students, and yeah. uh, I have thousands of snowboarding friends. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we're just about out of time. So Ed, hey, thanks a lot, man. I always, yeah. I always love talking to you. Love hanging out with you. You're a super guy. Have some, <laughs> a whole bunch of amazing stories oh, all the time, you. and it's great to hear some of those today. I'm sure now, if uh, people are listening in, they're going to be reaching out to you to uh, learn a little bit more about you and uh, your great. climbing over the years. So thanks for. Now being uh, on the podcast or whatever we're going to call this today. And yeah. uh, as always, thanks again for all your help with the group. It was great talking to you. Uh, take How care you too, and enjoy, enjoy the rest of the rainy day. Okay, we will do. <laughs> all right. See ya.